What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey everybody, welcome to Creature Feature, the show where we look at the world through animal eyes, all eight of them. I'm Katie Golden, I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and there's a rumor I'm a puppet being controlled by a flock of birds. Untrue. Today on the show we're talking superheroes. Did you know there are animals out there with real comic book superpowers? And people with superhuman abilities? Today we'll be looking at the real-life animal and human counterparts to famous superheroes, and maybe some supervillains, too. Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, what's the best radioactive animal to be bitten by? So, are there superheroes or supervillains secretly living among us? In November 2016, American diplomats in Cuba felt they were under attack by some sort of supersonic weapon. They were plagued by a constant, high-pitched sound, followed by some sort of mysterious illness. They were racked with headaches and nausea. Some of them were even found to have symptoms of having had a concussion. So what was this? Some covert attack by Cuba? Maybe it was a rogue superhero with supersonic yells, like Banshee the X-Man or Black Canary. Or, well, crickets. Really frickin' loud crickets. A recording of the mystery sound was analyzed by a couple of biologists, and they found that it matched with the Indies' short-tailed cricket. These crickets produce loud, droning patterns to court females. So there's a strong possibility these diplomats have been tormented by the cries of crickets yelling, Come fuck this! Thanks a lot, horny crickets. You almost started a war with Cuba. But is there such a thing as a supersonic weapon? As we'll find out, not only is there a real-life version of Banshee, but there are plenty of superhero animal analogs. With me today is Soren Bowie, American dad writer, co-host of Quick Question with Soren and Daniel, and he used to be my supervisor. Yeah, I was your boss. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, those were the good old days. Boy, was I a handful. <laughs> <laughs> You're always getting into scrapes and being a real pro. Yeah, you were great. A real stinker. Um, so, Soren. 
If you could be bitten by a radioactive animal of your choice and gain their powers, what would it be? I mean, I, beaver. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I think beaver. I, at any other point in my life, I would have gone with something else. Like snow leopard is a really enticing choice. Oh, those are cute. They're, so, they're fluffy. so cool. And everything about them is cool. It's like they live in a different dimension. Like I they're know. like, they live on a different plane than us. They're on completely on a diagonal and they're like vertical face. Right, right. We don't ever see them. I also do think they warp in and out of the fourth dimension because it's so hard to find them. They're impossible to find. Right. We didn't even have footage of them till the, the 2000s. Right. Um, so. That would be a really cool choice. But I, it, as I've gotten older, I've realized like I have to be a better steward of this planet. <laughs> <laughs> and beavers are a cool linchpin species. And I think that I could – they can basically create entire habitats yeah. single-handedly. They, and they if I had all, that ability – Yeah, they're like responsible for terraforming the environment. Exactly, yeah. They also have iron-enforced teeth. That's why their teeth are yellow. I mean, that's going to be a bonus that I didn't realize when I was getting bit. I get. I guess it depends on where I'm bit, too, because that could do some serious damage to Right, me. right. Well, I mean, yeah, but then, then you would have the teeth of the beaver even. So, you know, yes. then you could, uh, I don't know, because that's how they uh, chop down wood with their teeth. Yeah. Um, you could be like that James Bond, <laughs> the metal. Oh, remember uh, that guy? What, Lockjaw? Bites, Mc, bites uh, McGoo. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we're circling. I, we'll find it eventually. Mr. Bites. Mr. Bites. Sounds closer, <laughs> warmer. Um, but yeah, they. if I had that power, I mean, I guess the, the teeth would be a cool uh, icing on the cake, but I think that being able to terraform environments would be yeah. a super helpful, fun thing to do. Yeah. And I don't have to fight bad guys that way. Yeah. Which I think uh, you, you get into a situation where with a lot of other ones where you're forced into that situation. Right. And as a beaver, that's <laughs> it's not their strong suit. Um, that's a very responsible choice. Um, I kind of would want to be bitten by uh, what's called a desert rain frog. Okay. Um, and it's and don't worry, it's it's not too bad. But uh, they're like the super super cute animal version of like Banshee or the Black Canary. For the non nerds out there, uh, those are like superheroes who use their super voice to like blast enemies away. Um, and we have a couple of animals like that, but this one is the cutest one. They're super, super adorable. They're like, uh, I'm going to show you a picture. They're like uh, oh just little, God. they they're... look like little Pokemon. Yeah, they're like the frog version of a Porg. <laughs> That's true. I didn't notice that before, but you're totally right. So um, they live on the coast of South Africa and Namib Namibia. Jesus. Uh, I, they are only a couple of inches big. Uh, they're basically like a little balloon with legs, uh, and um, they absorb water through their tummies. That's how they drink. Yeah, because they're like um, little tummy straws. Yeah, little tummy straws, and they don't hop; they waddle because their legs are too small. <laughs> <laughs> and well, they have a battle squeak, mm. and you're about to hear it. <laughs> this is the uh, this is the squeak they make when they're very angry. So he's super pissed off. He, God, it looks like CGI. 
Yeah. It's it doesn't move like a normal animal. It's got it looks like somebody was like, all right, well, let's think of something really cool for an alien, but like something kids would also buy. Yeah, it looks like a Jim Henson uh, puppet from like the Dark Crystal, where it's just like you know you know the yeah. little furry one where it's just like <laughs> yeah. a furry ball, but this one's like a frog, so it's like. I'm confused about its eyes. It's got like sideways eyes or its eyes are always shut. Um, no, that's just, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, um, I did not like that question. It's just that its pupils are, are sideways. Oh, okay. Um, it, I don't know how that's helpful. Uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just letterbox vision. Uh, but, uh, are they always covered? Is that sand that they've covered? It's, it's sand because they like to kind of bury themselves in the sand to absorb moisture through their skin. Oh. Um, so they kind of like dig down in there and then they soak up uh, moisture through their tummies and then waddle around and squeak real mad at things. Like that's their <sighs> whole life. Uh, have you ever heard of a, a pika? Yes. So pikas, ha- uh, they're very territorial and they have a sound that's very similar yes. to that. Um, if you get like above Timberline, you'll run into a bunch of them and they're they're in their rabbit family, I think, and they just yeah. do this adorable little squeak. It's like, I, I it sounds... I know that they're doing it to be like, hey, fuck off, fuck off. But it sounds like they're, they're <laughs> it's like if something was going to eat them and it heard that, it would be like, I got to find something less adorable to eat. And they would just move on, which yeah. is also a great defense. Yeah, they're, I think they're also related to the, the Hydrax, which they also do the super squeaky thing. Yeah. It's really, they're, it's so cute. So now on to something a little more horrifying. Uh, <laughs> Just a little dose of cute before we get into the yeah, uh, nasty things. So that squeak is, it's very cute. It's I think it's the power of cuteness that would compel predators not to eat it. I don't see that being intimidating. It's like, like it's like, <laughs> I can't eat you now. Yeah, it's a baby cat that hasn't even, a kitten that hasn't right. even opened its eyes yet. So this battle squeak of theirs is nothing compared to the call of the water boatman, which is a small insect. Uh, It's the loudest animal relative to its body size. Uh, And it has a singing penis, so. What? (laughs) So the water boatman, it's an insect. Uh, It's about the size of a thumbtack. They have limbs shaped like oars. Uh, You may have seen one if you've ever been near a pond or like a fresh body of water. They're the ones that have like those little oars and they kind of like, Row along the water. They're in Kiss the Girl. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's some oh, of those circling the boat. Oh, yeah. Yes, I think you're right. I forgot that. Um, and it's like, but it in that movie, they would be singing with their penises. <gasps> oh, remake it. Remake. They haven't done the remake, remake yet. I know. Like, just like have um, Will Smith play a water boatman <laughs> with a singing penis. <laughs> and he's blue. So uh, they feed on algae, and they're mostly peaceful. Um, so, you know, they're, they're not really too uh, threatening, uh, except that the male uh, lesser water boatman can sing mating calls that are at 99 decibels, which is about as loud as a jackhammer. Um, so, like, they, fortunately, they sing underwater. So that's what spares us from just, like, constant jackhammers coming from ponds. Um, but even still, like water can absorb like ninety percent of the sound. But even submerged, you can still hear them uh, from outside. Uh, so the way that they make these noises uh, is not too different from a jackhammer. They rub their penises against their ribbed abdomen, kind of like you know those like bossa nova instruments where yeah. you you take a wooden rod and you're like. <laughs> they're they're rubbing their penises on their six packs. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. Yes. Uh, 
Well, it's like it's like those, you know, what are the? It's like the weirdos, the the thing where it's oh, like. Yeah, I remember in school when yeah. the instruments would get handed out. Yeah, and you nobody wanted the weirdo. <laughs> no, that weird percussion one that it was like, all I can do is make this zipper right, noise. All right, right, right. But you you do do the heck out of it. <laughs> um, so I have an audio clip of it singing, uh, and here we go. It sounds like a cricket, but I just want you to keep in mind that's its penis rubbing against its washboard abs. Gives it a whole new dimension, doesn't oh, it? Yeah. <laughs> is it doing that to attract a mate? Yes, yes. It of course is. It is. Um, it, you know, it's it's confectus. Like like yeah. it's always it's usually that. Like the singing of crickets. It's like, confect. Okay. Yeah, confect. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. What a great, like, simplistic... The world is so simple at that level. It's like, <laughs> uh, well, I need to remind potential mates out there that I have a dick. Right. Why don't I have my dick make noise? <laughs> it's like if if guys would just, like, like guys who are, um, you know, DTF, just, like, went around helicoptering their dicks around. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Just slapping it from thigh to thigh. That noise has a very particular sound. <laughs> I, that would be amazing. Mm, animals are a lot more forward than people. <laughs> um, did you watch Iron Fist? The no, Netflix? the show. No, yeah. I didn't. I didn't either. Um, I don't understand the superhero. Uh, I. It seems just he's got a real good fist. I don't either. So let's we should, this be fun. Let's guess. Let's guess what this. Well, <laughs> this is. I think it's that he has magic inside his fist that makes it real good at punching. Yeah, I think that he. Well, Iron Fist. I would suggest you. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think that he. That it's not even like a real superpower. That mm. he. He learned it from a Tai Chi master or something like right. that. Right. And it's it makes his fist glow. And yeah. when you, everyone knows that uh, when something glows, it's stronger. Yes, that's true. Uh, I, I think that that is true. Like, I is it both fists or one? Like, does uh, it? I think you'd be called Iron Fists if it was both. <laughs> uh, that's true. That is absolutely true. Uh, so it's got to just be the one fist. Yeah. So like, like if he's like, he's like, come on, arm wrestle me. No, 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 not, <laughs> not, not that one. Not, not that one. Other one. <laughs> <laughs> sure, man. Oh, no, but I'm a lefty. Oh, you don't want to do it anymore? Okay. <laughs> well, uh, so I think we can both agree that superhero kind of sucks, uh, but yeah. the Animal Kingdom is much better at this. Uh, there's a little guy called the bro Boxer Crab, uh, way cooler than Iron Fist. Uh, they're teeny tiny crabs. Um, they're about the size of a large coin. Uh, they live in the Indo-Pacific Ocean, and they have a symbiotic relationship with sea anemones. Um uh, which means that they wear the sea anemones on their fists to use for punching. Oh, my God. Uh, they're also called pom-pom crafts because they yeah. look like cheerleaders. <laughs> That's a way better name. Oh, man. I thought you were going to show me like a crab that had a, that giant massive claw, but this is way cooler than that. So this is one of it fighting off a puffer fish uh, with its little – so see, those are its little uh, sea anemones <laughs> attached to its fists. Um, it really does look like it's just wearing little boxing gloves. Little boxing gloves. Um, and then it uh, 
you know, here comes a puffer fish. And it's like, these are teeny tiny crabs. They're like the size of little, like coin, coin size. Oh, yeah, I'm getting scaled um, out from the puffer fish. Yeah. And then the puffer fish is just this giant thing looming above it. Um, and then, uh, uh, so normally a crab this size would not stand a good chance. Uh, puffer fish actually have really strong beaks, so they can crack right through that shell. But wait for it. Boof. Just like punches him right in the snoot. Oh man! And he keeps him up like a boxer would. Like <laughs> yeah, they, kinda... they wave him around like, <laughs> like Lawson guy. <laughs> yeah, like a 1940s boxer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he like raises one fist in the air. Like, like ah, it's just so funny. It's so cute. That's adorable. And so those things are are those anemones deadly poisonous or what's the deal? They're well, they're not necessarily deadly. Um, they can be to fish small enough, uh, but uh, so. They have a, a stinging toxin in them. Um, they, the anemones uh, have stinging cells. If you've ever touched one, uh-huh. you can like, because like I do that all the time when I'm on the, when the tide pulls are out, you touch them, like they kind of close around because mm-hmm. uh, like that would be how they would capture prey. But you can kind of, it's, it's also to like protect them, but like you can feel just a little, you touch them, you feel just a little like, like, ooh. Like a little numbing thing for the little tiny anemones. Uh, yeah, the ones that when you touch them they coil in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, but like for a fish, um, that's gonna suck real bad. And also, I think I feel like if you touched a big anemone, that would be a bad time for you. Yeah, I've always been curious about them. I because you know you see them all the time. You right. see them in the tidal pools, or or if you've ever been snorkeling or anything. Yes. They're everywhere. I I. I never know if they're good or bad for me. <laughs> like I, I don't should... think they're. Don't trust me a hundred percent on this. I don't think they would really hurt you, but they might not be pleasant. Like to okay. touch a real big one. Um, but also, don't go around it touching them because, like, <laughs> it's not good for them. It's not good for what them. What I do is I just squirt some sunscreen on them. Is that, <laughs> is that good for them? <laughs> yeah, just like some, uh, like feed them some Doritos. Just like here you go. <laughs> <laughs> you look hungry. Um. So they attach the the boxer crabs attach the anemones to little hooks found on their claws because their claws are they're not like big meaty crab claws they're like little they look like little tweezers mm-hmm. so they just like del- little delicate things and they put on these big boxing gloves uh, and then um, they can wave them around and that's sort of like their coloration and like the motion of them waving it and like can kind of intimidate predators and then if that doesn't do it they boop them. Give them a little punch, yeah. and then that those stinging cells can ward them off. Boop on the nose. Well, so but don't the crabs need those pinchers to eat? No, they actually use the anemones to collect food particles. Uh, so they're they're two in ones, uh, and then what happens is they'll eat the food, and then like allow the anemones to eat the remaining scraps. Yeah. And there's some studies that suggest they actually control the amount of food that gets to the anemones so they can keep them bonsai-sized to fit on their claws. Oh, Um, man. They're also um, one of the only known animals to encourage asexual reproduction in another animal. Um, So, like, if the crab only has one anemone, like a shitty um, Iron Fist character, he'll split it in two and then put the other half on the other fist, and then they eventually both grow back to full size. Um, so that's, that's, uh, cause anemones can like reproduce by splitting, but it's actually being like, it's, it's helping it reproduce, yeah. uh, for its own gain, but still that, that's good for the anemone in some sense. That's so cool. And does the, I mean, I, the crab can't, it's not like on a conscious level doing this, is it? This is instinct? Instinct. Yeah. That's still pretty cool. That is really 
cool. <laughs> uh, so one more uh, animal superhero before we uh, move on. Uh, it's called the hairy frog. Uh, and it's the wolverine of the animal kingdom. Uh, uh, frogs don't have hair, Katie. They're uh, amphibians. <laughs> Damn it, got me. <laughs> um, so they're called hairy frogs because they develop what looks like hair, but it's really just dermal papillae, which uh. is a... Uh, bumps in the skin <laughs> oh they, gross uh, <laughs> well you'll uh let me show you a uh let me show you a picture of one of these these guys you can see the hair is like weird um they look like super weird kind of wiry uh growths um but it's it's not hair. that's gross these frogs uh have what, what looks like really coarse sideburns down yes. there, the size of their body. Which is funny because they're also known as wolverine frogs. Yes. Uh, we'll get into that. Um, but first of all, why they have that hair is it's actually, um, so it's skin that has arteries in it. And it's thought that it helps increase the surface area of the arteries to help store oxygen for when they're underwater. Um, oh. So like almost like external gills, but not really. It's like to, yeah. to keep, because they'll like, get a big gulp of oxygen and then their their red blood cells and arteries store the oxygen in it so they can stay underwater for longer. They're like the opposite of a camel. Yeah. Do camels really store water in those humps? Uh they I think it's mostly fat. Oh ah, well then oh, fuck me. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um so they're also known as wolverine frogs because they'll break their own bones and push the bone shards through their skin to use as claws in defensive combat. Whoa. Yes. It's like they have special like bone node that they can like break off, and then they just like use muscles to push the shards through their 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 hands and feet, and then like just like uh, just like Wolverine, like Hugh yeah. Jackman does. They give themselves little compound fractures and then fight with those. Yes, that's so cool. It's very metal, um, and it's also been speculated. These are not they haven't been researched too thoroughly, but it's been speculated that the damaged tissue can heal and regenerate. Uh, because like uh, a lot of frogs can heal up and regenerate their tissue, um, but live specimens have not been studied in a lab. Uh, Where are these yet. guys? They're in Central Africa. Okay, so I won't. I don't get to go find one anytime I soon. I mean, you could go to you could go to Central Africa and be like, "Bring me your frogs. <laughs> Bring me your hairiest frog. <laughs> I want to fight it." Uh, oh, that's so. I want to replace its skeleton with metal. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, like originally, because like Wolverine, like yeah, he gets the metal skeleton. But first, like in the first iteration, he just shoves bones out of his skin. Yeah, he has what are I mean, a, an even more rudimentary cat claw. It's like yes. a, it's actual bone that comes out of his bones skin. somehow. Finger. I, it's always confused me because it appears that the bones come from between his knuckles. Oh, so it's in his wrist. They live inside his wrist the, and then they shoot up through his okay. wrist out between his knuckles. The, but okay, because But you have no support behind something like that. Like you if you had a retractable thing like that. Right. Once it's out, there's no bone structure behind it. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't really understand cuz like we don't there aren't a bunch of bones in your wrist. It's just the two yeah. ones. And they're actually kind of cool cuz you have these uh these two um arm bones that kind of like wrap around each other and like when you're moving your arm they kind of rotate and it's it's neat, but you can't I don't mm. Maybe he's got 
he's got like chimp wrists, or like those wrists that can't bend. And oh, so when yeah. it shoots out, it just <laughs> sits at the end of the bone on the so like structurally right. at the very end it would be very strong. But sitting on top of it, it's useless. Right. Cause like if you if you were Wolverine you like rotated your wrist, wouldn't you just like slice off all your fingers? Yeah. I mean uh, yeah. <laughs> if they're coming from because, like, if they were, I would buy it if it was, like, your knuckle bones could, like, grow really long, because then that makes sense. Then you've yeah. just got, like, you know, iron knuckles, it's but bony, that, is it? super bony knuckles. Oh, man, yeah, and I didn't ever really consider that. that he, I mean, I know he makes fists when he's got those claws out, but that's got to be from a life of getting it wrong, where, like, right. he's not doing that, and his hands are open. Yeah. Like, imagine running with those claws and then tripping and falling. You immediately, uh, your instinct yeah. would just be you put your hands out. Yeah. And you just cut off your fingers. I mean, he can regrow them, though. That's, yeah. Because he's pro- I mean, you imagine he's probably done a lot of things. Like, he's flossing and he's startled and he just, like, slices his, like, <laughs> nose off or something. Uh, oh, man. What if when he has to pee? Oh, and he's startled. And he's startled. Yeah. Oh, boy. What if, well, oh, when he's wiping? <laughs> <laughs> I think that I would, I mean, if I'm going to be Wolverine and mm-hmm. in that fight, I, as soon as I get my claws out, the first thing I'm doing is cutting off my fingers because I'm like, get this out of the way. I don't want to even have to think about it for right. this fight. These are gone for the fight. All right. I need are these claws. Right. Yeah. And then you have, and then you can like be real intimidating because it's like, it's like, you know, let me give you a pointer. And then you start throwing fingers at, your, at the guy and they're like, oh, that's disgusting. I'd like to, I'd like to get in the ring with you. <laughs> is, that, is that his ring finger? Yes. He's throwing a uh, ring finger. Let me file this index under you're defeated. <laughs> this is a finger joke. It would just delicately place the yeah. thumb on his head. Like, you're under my thumb. <laughs> Phalange, you glad you're not fighting me? (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever wondered how Wonder Woman was, well, born? The Amazonians are an island of only women, so who they reproduce? Does life, uh, find a way? Well, in the comic books, it's unclear how Wonder Woman's race of warrior women were created. They may have been created by gods, or in a more contentious storyline, they found some sailors, got pregnant, and then killed all the sailors. But there's a real-life instance of Amazonians, although they're a lot more scaly than Gal Gadot. The desert grassland whiptailed lizard is an all-female species of lizard. They're about five inches long and have a yellow racing streak down their sides. They're not really Amazonians, they're Arizonans. Their habitat is in southern and central Arizona and near the Rio Grande in New Mexico. And yes, they're all female. They reproduce via parthenogenesis, asexual reproduction where an embryo grows without fertilization. Surprisingly, Whiptail's offspring are not clones, and they're capable of more genetic diversity than you normally get with asexual reproduction. The original Whiptail lizard was a hybrid of two species of lizard, and somehow got three sets of DNA, rather than the usual set of two in most sexual species. Then, in the process of parthenogenesis, the lizards recombine these sets of DNA into new, genetically distinct offspring. Also, have you ever wondered if Amazonians uh, get it on with each other? Well, whiptails do. They'll still engage in courtship behaviors and pseudocopulation that actually helps stimulate their ovulation. Ah, jeez, this better not give any ideas to horny comic book nerds. We'll be right back with more superheroes after a few brief messages. 
Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A in the comic books, mutant powers always seem pretty cool. In real life, the issue is much more complex. There are, in fact, human genetic mutants who have incredibly cool powers, but that can also come at a price. Consider the condition known as sclerosteosis, a rare genetic condition that causes bone overgrowth. The result is an extra strong skeleton, one that could fare far better in, say, a car accident or a fall. However, the condition also causes impacts on quality of life, such as facial paralysis and fingers being fused together, but most importantly, it can be fatal when skull overgrowth causes intracranial pressure, which in some cases can cause sudden death in patients. But a silver lining, there's a heroic patient who has this condition who is using his powers for good. Dr. Tim Dreyer is a researcher working to find a treatment for his rare condition. It turns out the real superpower was the human mind all along. Uh, but also, as we'll discuss, there are also powers like the ability to eat sharp objects or not having to sleep in a lot of other stuff. Uh, so, Soren, what's your superpower? Like, your real one. I, uh, I can cut onions without crying. Really? Yeah. That's a good one. I don't know that it's super useful in like a bank robbery situation, but at home well, it's Well, if nice. you disable everyone else with onions, but you're fine. <laughs> I mean, like like you, you go to a bank and you pull out a knife, everyone screams and you start cutting onions and like, <laughs> oh, I can't see. I'm blinded by tears. Yeah. It's like, can you describe the suspect? No, my eyes were full of onion tears. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'm more suited to be a villain that way. I That's think. a good one, though. I mean, like. Uh, oh, yeah, I just assumed you were like, help out a bank robbery. I just assumed you meant help rob the bank. <laughs> That's where my mind is at. Um, garlic gets me too, actually. Does it really? Yeah, like onion, garlic, anything like... Shallots, uh, all the family. Shallots, yes. Uh, that's, yeah, I um, it's something that I've just never really dives. had to do <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go on. What other ones? Um, oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I, I really thought about this. I try to think of what my superpower is. Um, yeah. If I want to be um, sort of, uh, I guess, like empowerment about it, it would be OCD because of like, <laughs> like, well, I'm very observant, but not really. It's not. It's it's kind of <laughs> it's more of an albatross. I think we did an article back in the day and uncracked about like how 
why it was uh, beneficial evolutionarily to have autism occasionally. Like in some yeah. situations, like why it's people. I mean, it gets so it gets demonized as like this, uh, it, like there's something wrong with somebody. But right. it's actually there's all kinds of benefits to it. In some ways, it's like it, it they see yes. the world in ways that other people don't. And oh, like, we're gonna talk about that. There's a really cool example that I think everyone should know. Um, and yeah, so I'm really excited to talk about that. Oh, good. Um, so, uh, there's a bunch of people who have really surprising superpowers. Uh, uh, here's one of them. Uh, his name is Eero Mantiranta. Probably didn't spell that right. I think he's Swedish or something. I'm sorry, Sweden. I, I don't know how, to, I, don't, I don't know how to do it. Uh, it, he probably won't even be Swedish. It's probably like another country in the Netherlands. They're like, oh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. He's not Swedish. Yeah. I'll um, say I, I, my name is Scandinavian and oh, yeah. you nailed it. Well, You're I mean, right on. But you've been my, I've known you for like years. <laughs> he was Finnish. I'm sorry. I apologize to everyone in Sweden. And, and well, no, I mean, you're giving the credit to the Swedes. You should right. apologize to the Finnish. Sorry, Finnish. Um, I guess they finished last. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he was a four-time Olympian and multiple medalist in cross-country skiing. Um, and he was accused of blood doping. However, uh, it, well, because like his performance was really incredible. And they also found, like they tested his blood and found like high red blood cell counts. And they're like, you're blood doping, which is... Um, that's when you pump in extra blood. Like, I think you save your own blood and then pump it in later so you have a higher red blood cell count, which, like we discussed with the hairy frog, like, the more red blood cells you have and the more stuff, like, you can, you know, keep oxygenated and it improves your performance. I think you can also endurance. take the, yeah, the blood of, when they're, like, in, in Tour de France and stuff, when they're doing high-altitude biking, yes. you take the blood of somebody who's lived at that altitude their yeah. entire life, and it just oxygenates better. The blood of better. a virgin who has lived at that <laughs> altitude, yes. Um, and you drink it, right? Yeah. That's what and I've been gotta, doing. Well, you have to lap it mm. up. It's yeah. important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a kitty. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, so they're like, hey, you're doping. He's like, no, I'm not. And he wasn't. He actually had uh, what's called primary familial and congenital polythymia. <laughs> Is that the one? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a it's a genetic condition that causes an increase in red blood cell counts and hemoglobin. Um, so he was just genetically better at cross country skiing. Um, and there, and he was like, "No, I'm not doping." Um, so he was vindicated. Until 1972, when it turned out he was also doping with hormones. <laughs> <laughs> so the first time, he wasn't lying. Like, yeah. he was not blood doping. He was, like, clean. And he's like, no, 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 I just have a genetic condition. And then in 1972, he's like, ah, I'm doing hormones. <laughs> <laughs> I lost a step. I had to find some way to get it back. Uh, that's, I mean, it, it makes sense. If there's going to be people who have, you're you're constantly dealing with deformations in the, in like the genome or like, in yes. the, and so some of them are going to be bad. A lot of them are going to be bad and not advantageous. <laughs> Most likely they're going to be bad. <laughs> and But sometimes they're probably good, but yeah. not necessarily good enough that they're going to continue on with the species after right. that point, but like pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, being able to cross country ski, several people enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> At least 14, <laughs> upwards of the teens. Um, so here's another superhuman. His name is Michel Lotito. Uh, he's a French entertainer uh, who would eat anything. 
And I mean anything. Bicycle parts, shopping carts, televisions, chandeliers, a computer, and skis, which must have really pissed off uh, our previous <laughs> guy. <laughs> um, and he, it was like, partially like, you know, there's like some strategy to it. Like he would, he wouldn't just sh shove a whole bicycle in his face, but he would like take it apart and like, like choose smaller parts of it. Um, but very methodically such that he could have like two pounds of metal and glass and whatever a day. Uh, and uh, so doctors are like, that doesn't sound correct. So they checked him out and they found that he had abnormally thick lining in his stomach and his intestines that allowed him to eat sharp metal without injuring his insides. Uh, and he reportedly had no problem passing the stuff, which he's telling us he doesn't have bloody poop. Right. What about his esophagus? That was okay. I mean, the I mean, trachea. What is it? No, esophagus. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he was fine with that too. I think he had a method of also of like, I think he used some mineral oil to help lube things yeah. up. <laughs> Whoa. Um, he Someone... also had a, he had more powerful digestive juices than average, which meant he could break down unusual materials. And it also meant... If he tried eating something soft like a banana, he would get heartburn because it's like <laughs> he's like got like just some real powerful acids in there. It's yeah. like a banana. That's not enough. I need a car tire. Oh, man. Yeah. That, yeah it's the stomach turns into the perfect storm because it's so upset by, <laughs> by not having something, not having bolts and screws in there. I know. Well, uh, I wish someone told him he could just eat kale, though, because like you don't need to eat a bicycle. <laughs> yeah, you just have some. Just put some kale. Kale is basically the bark of a tree. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I know. Have you ever tried chewing on it? Yeah, you, it's the only food where you actually have to break it down before you eat it. Like you need to put some right. lime juice in it to like break down right. the elements of it. I mean, like with just raw kale, like I would wear that as a parachute. <laughs> I trust that material very good as a parachute. Not in my mouth, though. Uh, <laughs> That's that. So I mean, was there surely there was someone in his life who was like, "Listen, you have a lot going on. You don't have to do this. Like, yeah. You don't have to do this for everybody." Well, he, he actually, I think, uh, he reportedly also had pica, the the condition where you eat stuff that is oh, not normal. Yeah, food. Yeah, people eat couches and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, or like nail polish. Once I saw, which is kind of crazy because I'm like, because there's that horrible show, very exploitative, but I still sometimes look at it. The um, the like my strange addiction thing yeah. where it's like it's like I eat diapers and it's just I feel very bad about that show because that seems like exploiting people. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also just like, wow, you can survive eating diapers like you can live through that. That's kind of, you know, wow. Yeah, it's, it is a shock. We're so used to only consuming things that are intentional, supposed to be consumed that it is really surprising when you find out somebody ate <laughs> Yeah, and you're like, no. Right. Like I get worried when I accidentally eat like a sunflower hole, like a sunflower seed shell. I'm like, yeah. uh oh, that's not going to be good down there. But uh, <laughs> I mean, like. <laughs> it would be really nice to see this guy who decide he's going to be a superhero, has already got the costume and everything. And then just him in the costume sitting on the edge of his bed being like, OK, how, how am I going to fight crime with this? <laughs> I'll <laughs> eat their getaway vehicle. <laughs> and like they're, the, they're coming back to the car and it's like, hold on, I'm still working through the rim. <laughs> so let's let's move from the more visceral uh, superpowers and into the realm of the mind. Boo. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> um, so there's a condition called hyperthymesia, 
where people have an almost supernatural autobiographical memory. Uh, they can remember in excruciating detail an abnormal amount about their lives. So like if I ask you, what did you do five weeks ago at five o'clock on Monday? I uh, know it would take me a very long time. I'd have to track. <laughs> I'd have to like work out from a mic uh, macro sense right. and get down to like, okay, well, it probably was this. Right, right. But people with this, uh, this like super autobiographical memory can can do that. Like, oh yeah, I was uh, I was wearing like my yellow cardigan and I was like chilling at uh, you know. Uh, Hanson's board shop or whatever people do. I, I don't know what activities people enjoy. Very popular among the people <laughs> that have this this condition. They go to Hanson's board shop. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a surfboarding uh, shop here in the uh, in California. I I don't know why I brought it up because I don't. I certainly don't surf. <laughs> <laughs> and so one such person with this condition, uh, Rebecca Sherrick, explains that it's not always beneficial. Uh, here's a quote from her. She says. If I'm remembering an incident that happened when I was three, my emotional response to the situation is like a three-year-old, even though my mind and conscience are like an adult. So that's crazy to me where like, because you remember stuff sometimes and you kind of like, oh yeah, I was like three and I was really upset because I didn't want to eat the banana, but then I ate it and I hated it or, or something. And then you feel kind of like you understand what you felt at the time, but then to like re-feel that three-year-old feeling because like emotions were so raw when you're a yeah. little kid i that would be really tough also for like childbirth and things like oh, that oh god <laughs> to have to go back and I know exactly oh, what it awful. felt like because yeah. your brain is so good at tricking you into forgetting that type of stuff pain right. in general right yes yes and emotional and physical pain like yeah. we kind of we lit the the sands of time kind of erode that a little bit take the edge off yeah um but yeah she said that it can be really distressing like to remember things she remembers moments of embarrassment or um social situations that didn't go well and she like refeels those emotions again. i like that you ascribed a childhood trauma of your own to her just the, now oh the bananas thing yeah. i forgot i had probably already told you that story because <laughs> like uh when when we worked uh when you were my supervisor uh, i was being bullied with bananas remember yeah. that yeah it was really a problem honestly it was a banana bully and uh so i was being harassed with bananas people would leave them on my desk and i i didn't appreciate that because i don't like bananas to a, almost a phobic point um not quite not not like <laughs> i think once you're like are you are you actually like upset about them I'm like mm, I, it's fine <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah when i was a kid well like i said i was traumatized because i ate a banana uh, really all i remember is i ate it and i started crying and banana got like up my nose and like yeah, snot and tears and banana and that just all it became associated with sadness yeah you know so, no, I mean, I completely get it. People do that with sicknesses all the time. Yeah. I I got uh, food poisoning once when I was a child, and it was not related to Skittles, but I'd happened to be eating Skittles last, oh, no. and yeah. now I just, no, Skittles are off the table for you me. You can't. That's, that goes the same for me except seaweed salad. Like, I got okay. I got food poisoning, and now I can't anymore. Um, but yeah, that's, well, that's really interesting because that makes sense. So, like, we when we have something like food poisoning or something bad happen, we have this very crystal clear memory of it. We create this very strong association to the point where it's like, oh, I got sick eating Skittles. Now if you smell or look at or taste a Skittle, that feeling of sickness comes back to you. Um, but then imagine that, but just like for everything, like mundane things. So like their memories are the people with the 
hyperthymesia, uh, they can just like that. It doesn't have to be a um, important event for them to remember and to remember the sort of visceral thing. So it's like something. So researchers have looked at it. They found that the temporal lobe is larger in people with the condition, um, as is the caudate nucleus, which also happens to be associated with OCD, which is interesting to me. Yeah, um, maybe you have it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, well, I have OCD, but I don't have the the hyper because, like, I can't remember five seconds ago, let alone like. <laughs> uh, no, my my memory is very average. Um, but yeah, but it, imagine how awful you'd be if you didn't have it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe this just evened you out. <laughs> I know, I know, but like that is true because I'm sort of absent-minded sometimes. But I think the OCD kind of like. Kind of even carries it out the a load bit. for you. It's like one of the things I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm always checking the stove to make sure it's turned off. And like, and one time I was checking it, and it was like, you know, a, a oven mitt was slowly burning. It's like, thanks, OCD. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, that kind of positive reinforcement is super dangerous it for is. somebody with OCD. Oh, I had a roommate who left the gas on, and so that was just confirmation to me that I need to uh, yeah check everything at all times. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, but uh, but. I'm not dead yet, so that's good. Um, uh, so there's a. This is kind of a related thing. Uh, have you heard of human calculators? These are the people that go on, like David Letterman. And David Letterman yes. will be like, "Hey, do this multiplication." And they're like, "Okay, here." Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> David Letterman, and he's just like, "Huh, interesting." Yeah. It's just... Next up, we have a guy who can catch popcorn in his mouth <laughs> after throwing it thirty feet in the air. <laughs> do you remember, like? Sort of the last days of David Letterman, where he just like seemed kind of checked out. <laughs> it was put like, out the door already. Yeah, yeah. Was, he's like he's already. You could tell he was like wanting to work on that beard already. It's just like it's like what are you? You're skiing squirrel. Great, that's awesome. Cool. Like, <laughs> just so done. Um, so there's this guy Scott Flansberg who can do huge calculations in his head uh, in record breaking speeds uh, at calculator accuracy. Uh, in fact, he can sometimes work faster than someone with a calculator, and he's just like, "Oh, so they it takes the amount of time it takes for them to punch in the numbers is yes. slower than slower than he can, he can do it. in his head." Yeah, nerd. Uh, 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 honestly, that's like magic to me. I'm I'm terrible at math, and even like basic subtraction. If yes. I'm playing darts or something like that, yeah. I, it's embarrassing. Yeah. And so that's pretty incredible. Well, I was I mean I've I was always a pretty good math student. That didn't mean I could do simple addition or subtraction like it's they're kind of separate skills yeah um like being able to understand the concept of proofs and math and stuff is kind of it's it's different well it's just learning a different language right. it's knowing how the language works and like what's what goes next to each other and right other right operations and things like that but like if you're like what's five minus three i'm like what <laughs> two two <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um Here's another uh, cool one. Uh, researchers found a genetic mutation that allows people to survive on very little sleep. Um, so they have a few case studies uh, where people will go to bed at like 1030 and wake up at 4 a.m. and feel super well rested. Uh, and they found that there's like a, a specific genetic mutation they believe is uh, responsible for this. I, I honestly think that my wife's dad has this. Really? Yeah. Interesting. He can't get up. He, he gets up at 4.30 every single morning, Holy and he oh. can't sleep past that. He has to get up then. What time does he get to bed? Uh, Like, he can go to bed. Uh, He goes to bed like when we do. So it was like 10. Yeah. 10 or 10.30, yeah. And, and he's, he's like totally well-rested? Every single day. Yeah. Doesn't <gasps> so nap interesting. in the middle of the day. Just is somebody who needs less sleep and is um 
has no concept of the fact that other people do. Like it's <laughs> making making smoothies at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, well, he's a whistler. <laughs> but like intentional whistling or like no. a nose whistler. Oh no, no, he's he's an intentional whistler, but I don't think he's conscious of it. In I fact, see, I he, see. he whistles the same song a lot, and it frequently sounds like the first few notes of Legend of Zelda. He goes, he goes to this line, he goes. <laughs> And then I always want to go. But he's he gets up so early, and I think that it 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 took him a long time to be convinced that other people weren't just lazy. Right, right. Like that it was him. Yeah. But he's got this. I think. I think I have the opposite because I could, if you allowed me to just sleep, I would sleep like indefinitely. Like I could sleep quite a long time, and I yeah. get to bed early. Uh, you know, not I'm not like. You know, and I could be in the best of moods and like be like, oh, I'm really excited for tomorrow. And then like, like you try to get me up at a normal time, like eight o'clock. And I'm just like, I could sleep just for five more hours. Yes. Um, and I could nap pretty much at any time. Uh, I, and it's, it doesn't, it seems independent of when I get to bed. So I'll get to bed really early to try to be able to wake up earlier. And it's still just like, nah, I, I, I would love, I would love five more hours of sleep. I, I'm exactly the same way. Yeah. I can, I I need a lot of sleep. If my ideal amount of sleep each night is ten hours, yes, I can't get that obviously with a child or right. a job. But uh, and it's it's like it's almost painful when I have to get up before then. It's I I, I can't eat anything because like even my stomach doesn't feel good that early. Right. And I somebody who can just nap anywhere as long as I'm allowed to lie down. Right. I can nap anywhere. When we used to shoot sketches and stuff like that, I would just find somewhere quiet on the floor and lie down with my arms yeah. crossed over me like a fucking vampire sleep there <laughs> and his eyes were still open i know I, I, I used to be on one of those those shoots like the overnight ones yeah you just like your eyes are open and then when you w- wake up you just kind of lift your upper torso <laughs> <laughs> um so one more uh superhuman <laughs> his name is his name is Wim, but I think it's William. <laughs> uh, I love sure. how untrustworthy former Katie was. Like Katie of the past was. Their notes are a mess. I don't know that Wim is a, if it. Now I'll feel really bad if that's his real name, and I'm just like so incredulous. William potentially the Iceman Hoff uh, can withstand cold to world-breaking degrees. Get it, degrees? <laughs> anyway, he attributes it to his breathing techniques and meditation, uh, but he has a twin brother, so scientists were like, hey, let's test you guys, because like the Iceman was like, oh, because I live in high altitudes and I do all this stuff, and they actually found that they can both do it pretty well um, when they do the breathing techniques. Like The breathing techniques definitely help. It's like some kind of like sort of fast breathing followed by – it's like some weird, weird thing. Um, but like they found that they both have a lot of the brown fat, which is a type of adipose tissue that is like full of blood vessels and stuff and it helps you regulate heat. Um, and so they had more of this than the norm so that it's like an ex- almost like an extra layer of like protective, uh, uh, I, I don't want to say blubber cause that's not, that's a different thing, but yeah, human it's, blubber. It serves the same purpose. What, what are they, what are they doing with this? Well, he's like sitting in a bunch of ice and being like, "Hey guys, look at this." <laughs> he's not like traipsing to the Arctic in a No, I think he's doing in... that too, but I think it's like he's de- it's like definitely there's an entertainment aspect like he's done some Guinness Book of World Records things where he like sits in a vat of ice and he's like, "Check this out." 
<laughs> and everyone's like, oh, okay. I think he teaches a class of how to be better at cold. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> But he, but like, it's also because like he's genetically better. At That's cold like too. Harry Potter teaching close-up magic. Right, 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 right. <laughs> like here, here, be good at first of all, have this genetic mutation, <laughs> and then also breathe real weird, and now sit nice, and then like, there's the, his students are just like, I'm still really cold. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, I'm, I'm, I mean, that certainly feels like a tangible superpower that you could use mm-hmm. that could be beneficial, but... Well, not with global warming. <laughs> Man, this, I love this podcast. <laughs> I, your narrative, like this, the little, the write, write-ups that you do are full of puns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, I wrote that ahead of time for sure. <laughs> <laughs> superpowers ever be used for the good of animals? Well, just ask Temple Grandin. Temple Grandin is a professor of animal science at Colorado State University. Grandin has a brilliant mind and one that's non-neurotypical. She's on the autism spectrum and her writings on the subject have proven vital in destigmatizing autism. In her book, Thinking in Pictures, she describes how she speculates that her thought process is different from those not on the autism spectrum. She's able to think in complex visuals, such as building construction designs in her mind. But in order to mesh with her neurotypical counterparts, she's been able to learn and understand not only her own mind, but the minds of others. She almost works as a translator, being able to relate her experience being on the spectrum to those who don't know what it's like to have a non-neurotypical brain. Her incredible powers of observation and analytical empathy allow her not only to get inside her own mind and the mind of other people, but into the mind of animals. She discovered this while working as a ranch hand, where she was able to consider life from the perspective of the livestock, identifying stressors that were frightening the animals that her coworkers couldn't see, such as reflections from bodies of water or hanging chains that made noise. Her ability to empathize with animals has helped create more humane innovations in the livestock industry. Well, that was an awe-inspiring story, but hey, want to get a little evil? Well, after a few quick messages, come and join me on the dark side of the pod. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. 
Well, we've talked about goody-goody superheroes. What about an anti-hero? Not, not an ant hero. Sorry, Paul Rudd. I'm talking about the naughty ones like Deadpool, the trash-talking mutant with an advanced healing power that allows him to regrow his tissue and heal from what should be mortal wounds. Are there any real-life Deadpools? Well, sure, there are reptiles that can regenerate their tails, but what about mammals? Well, there's this freaky little rodent called the African Spiny Mouse. Spiny mice are one of the only mammals that can completely regenerate damaged tissue. They're also prone to looking extremely disfigured like Deadpool. Their skin is actually extremely brittle and easily torn off their bodies. This is actually a survival technique. Better to escape the jaws of a predator even if it means leaving up to 60% of your skin behind. And yes, that's a real percentage. They can shed that much skin. And they don't just scar over and heal. They regrow hair follicles, skin, sweat glands, fur, and cartilage. In fact, they appear much better at healing their skin than Deadpool. Uh, so, Soren, first of all, I want to add to this spiny mice thing. They're in the pet trade a lot, which is weird because one of the problems with owning a spiny mouse, aside from like, uh, you probably shouldn't own exotic animals, it's bad, but like, their skin is designed to tear off, so like if you handle them incorrectly, you risk a quote, degloving injury. Yeah, I know what degloving is. Yes. <laughs> I've seen motorcycle accidents before. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, don't don't wear rings when you're rock climbing, people. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but like, yeah, but the mice, their skin will just, they're very fragile in a way because if you, like with normal mice, you can pick them up by the scruff of their necks and like, you know, pet them, pet the mousey. Mm-hmm. But like if you try... To like Linny-esque pet one of these mice, the skin will just slough off. Yeah, if it tries to dart from your hands and you right. s- your instinct is to hold it tighter. Yeah, it yeah. It just squirts right out just of like, its own skin. Just like a banana out of a peel. <laughs> uh, oh, so are they cute? Yes. Okay. They're cute, not when they're... Sleeved. Sleeved, <laughs> de-sleeved, yes. They look what you would expect them to look when they're missing their skin. They look like a mouse that doesn't have skin. Okay. Uh, and, and is there, do we know, (laughs) do we know, is that really super painful for them? You know, that's a good question. I will, here's my take on it. My guess doesn't feel good. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if they've actually studied whether they have pain receptors. I would guess it doesn't feel great. Yeah. I, I don't think it does feel good. So people, don't don't just get another mouse. Yeah, there's so many mice. Why would you want the ones that skin falls off? It's kind of like how we have these crazy dog breeds now, where if they like, if they like, breathe wrong, their eyeballs fall out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, like, every single pug has asthma. <laughs> uh, so, the, uh, do these? Do they also have to then shed their skin regularly? No. Okay, they can just keep the skin as long as they need it. And... Yeah, it's like a, it's like a lizard tail where like okay. the lizard tail will remain attached to the body unless unless it you know need it needs to rip and tear it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, that's a man. That's a pretty cool defense. It's it's also I mean it is probably related to lizards. Like they speculate that it's not they that they developed this as a new adaptation, but rather that there was sort of an atavistic throwback to like their reptile genes that like got reactivated somehow. Oh, interesting. Which is kind of cool because it means that, because we have reptile DNA. Like yeah, we maybe... basically go through the hu- the whole gamut of yeah. of evolution when we're embryos. It's yeah. just like all those doors close along yeah. the way. Yeah, we get, we get tails and gill slits, which becomes like the ear. It's really creepy. 
So, Soren, if you were a supervillain, what would your power be? Um, I I mean, obviously, control time. Mm, okay. That feels like the most useful yeah. in any any situation. It does. It does feel good. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, well, so how would you use it? Controlling time. Yes. Uh, well, if I'm a villain, then, uh, first of all, acquiring money is no problem if you can control time. Because right. you you can basically start you have that Zach Morris timeout type of thing where no one's a cognizant of the fact that time has been paused, right? And you can take whatever you want, right? I see. Um, but then also, getting away is very easy. Yes. Um, and if you're controlling time, you can also, if things go wrong for you, you just rewind it and you do it again and you right. do it again and again and again until you get it right. And right. That, um, it's like those uh, those aliens in Edge of Tomorrow. Mm. It's like you. That's a movie I've seen. <laughs> um, yeah, or like the Groundhog Day thing where you can like go on a date with someone and be creepily like know everything they like. Uh, yeah. But like you could, I mean, imagine, because you could, you could go beyond, you could like dominate the world in just a few days with that power because you could go through the chain of command and talk to every person and redo that social interaction again and again until you know exactly what to say to get them on your side yeah. until you reach the president. Yeah. Uh, it'd be, it, there's, it's like the possibilities are absolutely limitless if yes. you can control time. Right. But I'm, I'm being – I mean, no, there's no superhero who just has the power of – they control time and that's just sort of like what they do. Like it's always like one specific way that they can control it. They right. can slow it down or they can pause it. Right. They can't go back and forth in it. But right. I'm saying – I want all of, all of it. Well, why not? I mean, if you get to pick, I didn't say <laughs> what reasonable power would you have. I mean, Soren, be reasonable. All right, I guess I want to have that blubber and, yeah. and I can sit in tubs for a while. Yeah. What is yours? Um, that's a good question. I didn't, I didn't really think about it actually. So uh, I feel like it'd be fun to turn people into humiliating objects just because, like, like you're like ta- you you suddenly like. Anyone who pisses you off, you could just like turn into a cucumber. Yeah. And people would just be so shocked, I think, by that, where it's like you can turn them back and forth into like a cucumber or something. It's like, then you turn them back to a human. They're like, I've been humbled. Yeah. I was a cucumber for a few seconds. You destroy and you destroy the morale of any of the heroes that happen to be watching. Like, imagine you can turn, like, there's an army of like, you know, people trying to fight you. All of them, cucumbers, just like fall to the ground. And then you're like, see what I have wrought. (laughs) (laughs) All of you cucumbers now. I think that you could also do, I mean, turn them into dogs for a second. And then the existential crisis of coming back to being a human after experiencing what it was to be a dog is like, how do you fight after that? Right. You got a lot to think about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, but they have they have dog minds at that time, so they're easily manipulated with like bacon strips. <laughs> um, so we're gonna there's some animal supervillains that I really love. Um, so you know you know those Marvel movies uh, like Endless Wars and uh, you know Infinity not the name, Times. but go on closer. <laughs> I don't think that's it. Um, the big the big the big Great War that doesn't have an end. It's a bit I do on the show. Intentionally obtuse. It's a bit on the show where I printed not to know the name of Infinity War. It's a real, good, it's a real popular one among the fans. We got a whole shirt line that goes, that goes big, big, big war. <laughs> um, so there's a real life, the snap. 
get it. Ultron, Age of Ultron, the snap, remember? I didn't watch Age of Ultron. Oh, well, wait, which is the one with the snap? I don't even know what that is. The snap. Oh, no, that's, yeah, that's the Infinity snap. War. The, the, Infinity he War. wears the magic glove and he does a snap. And, yeah, the magic glove. And then Spider-Man. I'm going to, you know what, what I'll just do, I'll just translate. It's the gauntlet of the Infinity Stones. Yes. Spider-Man hyphen. Yes. Spider-Man. Uh, and he gets turned into uh, dust in the wind. Uh, and oh, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, because he used his powerful, powerful snap to, to do, to do <laughs> harm to people. <laughs> do you think, I didn't do you see... think that the big purple man, the big uh, purple sn- man. Grimace, you mean muscle Grimace? <laughs> muscle Grimace snapped and only Spider-Man disappeared <laughs> and he was like, ah, job done. <laughs> I mean... That's what I figured from all the Tumblr memes. <laughs> um, so pistol shrimp are little guys about four centimeters big. Uh, they're found worldwide in tropical and subtropical waters, which I don't know what the difference between those two things are. Tropical and subtropical. I just, I guess. We are in a subtropical climate, I think. I see. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> um, so they have one tiny claw and one huge giant claw and infinity claw, if you will. Zorn, <laughs> infinity claw, yes? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I mean, I'm here for you. <laughs> uh, and it has a deadly snap. The snapping claw can grow up to half the shrimp's body size. Uh, it's a really interesting mechanism. So only the top part of the claw moves, and it has like a hidden plunger that fits into the bottom socket of the claw, um, and that compressive force it what is what causes the snap. Um, sort of like when you snap your fingers, the snapping sound isn't the fingers rubbing each other; it's the the middle finger landing on your palm. That was mind blowing to me when I discovered that yeah. the little pad below your yes. thumb is really what makes the noise. Yes. That's how I taught I taught someone to stamp their fingers, and that's how I taught them. Like it's like it's not that rubbing. It's like if you care too much about the, uh, you're not a cricket, you're not, or a water boatman. They were he was trying to snap with his penis. <laughs> but how do you learn? Imagine the potential. It's, the, it's not the penis. It's the sound of the penis hitting the thigh. <laughs> um, so uh, pistol shrimp, uh, they. Uh, so they can, um, they have a really powerful muscle that can like have this really powerful compressive energy, um, and then it closes uh, that that mechanism, that little plunger in the claw that goes in the socket, closes over the water with so much force it creates a jet stream that travels at a hundred feet a second. Um, it's so fast that it creates a pressure differential cavitation bubble that collapses. Uh, and for a fraction of a second, it reaches 8,000 degrees Fahrenheit, which is almost as hot as the surface of the sun. And the the snap uh, rings in at about 200 decibels. And the shock wave that is a result of the snap can stun or kill whatever is in its path, like small prey. Yeah. So it like once it stuns the prey, then it like drags it into its burrow and eats it. Um, There's a... Uh... I know about this the pistol shrimp because there was a great radio lab about it where somebody it started with somebody sitting on the dock and hearing what sounded like soda in the water like yeah. the popping the carbonation pops and yeah like, what is that and like did a deep dive into it and found out that it was these pistol shrimp they're very cool yes the, what's I'm trying to look up the guy who there's a Marvel character who just claps really that's his only there power is, yeah. there is 
Yeah. Uh, let's see if you Google like Clappy Marvel. No, that's you know what. Hero. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Clappy Marvel. <hero. laughs> Marvel hero. What does a good clap? What? <laughs> Who does a good clap? Shockwave. Shockwave. Okay. That's his name. That that makes that makes sense. Uh, since that's the that is the name. They're usually quite literally named like. Matter eater lad. <laughs> There's um, a character named I think Arms Fall Off Man, <laughs> and he's exactly what he sounds like. Right, is this a bit? No, I'm oh totally serious. Oh There's a, a Marvel character, and a lot of times you'll see you can find frames of him just taking his arm off and then beating somebody with his arm. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. So the it can also use the snap to burrow into rock, and it can like break glass too. So if you have one in a not great fish tank. Oh. It could probably break through the. Yeah, don't keep these. Yeah, don't keep these as pets. Don't keep the mice with the skin that fall off or the shrimp that snaps real good. Those aren't good pets. So what it's creating is not actually. It's a bubble that collapses in on itself. Yeah, so it's kind of like um. So like when you crack your knuckle, that snapping sound isn't it like popping out of the joint or anything like that. You've opened up the the space in your knuckle, uh, that creates sort of this um chemical reaction of like uh, allowing more um space for for this bubble to form and that snapping sound is the bubble collapsing uh so it's like the bubble forms and then collapses almost instantly oh it's the two the sounds of the two sides or whatever collapsing or hitting each other yeah it's 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 like i mean it's it's the yeah the sound of the force of like the the um uh like you know like when a if you pop a well i don't know if popping a balloon is a good example actually i'm not sure if that's correct physics yeah, wise what but makes that noise no, what does really? make that noise that's a good question i'm a little out of my depth cuz i'm not you know a physics person but yeah it's a good question i have no idea i guess it i mean if i was to guess it was the it's the i think it's the, the force of the air of the i think it's the force of the air oh really okay yeah. it's the air itself um like like how you know there's a sonic boom with a plane and yes. that's like the air collapsing on itself yeah yeah, I think that's what that is. Okay, so these crabs are creating a little sonic boom. Yes. And it's it reaches temperatures almost as hot as the surface of the sun? For a fraction of a second, yeah. Um, And a fraction of a second, but does that does that mean they can burn anything? <laughs> we don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I, I don't know if it would be... I don't think it lasts long enough to like... Yeah, I'm sure that water puts it out pretty quick. <laughs> uh, so have you heard of the DC supervillain Mr. Bones? No. He has a cyanide touch. Um, he's a skeleton. <laughs> he's a skeleton who wears a suit. And his, uh, he is also known as Director Bones. <laughs> the way you're telling me, I think you're lying. <laughs> no, I'm not lying. This is true. This is, this okay. is like arms fall off, man. This is an actual character. Um, I just like he's like either Mr. B- Bones or Director Bones. And like he's like says to his friends, like, no, no, my father was Mr. Bones. Call me Director Bones. <laughs> Please. Well, so let's get let's take a trip down Imagination Station, which is where we like to go in this podcast. Uh, uh, so imagine, close your eyes, not people who are driving um, or ha- operating heavy machinery. Keep those eyes open. Um, but imagine you're hiking through the caverns of the Uthai Thani province in Thailand. Mm. It's dark and dank, and you hear the drippings of stalag. Tights and stalagmites. No, not that one. Gravity doesn't go that way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you're just admiring the cavern. Maybe you have a headlamp or something. Um, 
and it and you smell almonds the the unmistakable scent of almonds fills your nose in the middle of this cavern well you got to stop what you're doing and get the fuck out of there because you have just entered the lair of the dragon millipede and you don't want to startle them all right <laughs> you look you're on board with this um so Dragon millipedes can actually shoot hydrogen cyanide at potential threats from special glands. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's, uh, it's got a pleasant almond smell too, because cyanide yeah, smells, like smells like almonds. Almonds, yeah. That's how you hide cyanide in somebody's food. Yeah, with that, almonds. Yeah. Like, like, would you like this almond croissant? Like, oh no, it's fine. Please have this almond <laughs> croissant. Well, what about that that other one? No, no, no. no the want, almond croissant. You want the almond one. <laughs> um, where's it shoot it out of? Do you glands. Know? Yeah, but like, is it like front that, glands. Okay, so it's coming out of their face. <laughs> not like they're not. They're not one of the caterpillars that whip up their front, back and squirt. No, stuff I think there. it's front glands. I'm pretty sure. But to be to be frank, these look pretty similar from the front or the back. So right. I could be mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it, it is actually kind of pretty. Uh, let me get it. To what end? And what does it do to you if you get hit by this? Burn you. It's sulfur cyanide? It's uh, hydrogen cyanide. Hydrogen cyanide. Okay, so it's like an acid kind Yeah, of? yeah, yeah. Um, and it's toxic. Yes. Well, it's an acid, so it burns you. Um, so that's what it looks like. That's not pretty. That's terrifying. I don't know. I think it kind of looks like a Twizzler. It <laughs> <laughs> It looks like a dragon with no head. Yes. Um, and they're bright magenta. And that that's actually aposematic coloration. Uh, so it's like warning them like, mm -hmm. hey, I got a gland full of acid. Remember me. Remember me. I've got, I'm the one with, with the acid. Well, what are their, what kind of possible predators could they have in those dank caves? Well. Bats and stuff? Yeah, probably. Okay. Cave birds. <laughs> That's what bats are called. <laughs> um, so, but let, let's let's go back to Imagination Station. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't leave. Was oh, I supposed didn't... to get on a train and link, come back? Uh, I mean, it's a round trip. Okay, okay. Uh, so, have you seen the new show, Chernobyl? Yeah. Um, I haven't watched it. I, I do know about the that whole incident, though. Like, I've read stuff about it, and it, it's the whole... I don't know how deep in the show do they go through the scenes of like people's skin falling off and there's about there's one episode where it delves pretty deeply and darkly yeah. into that i don't know uh, the I first responders that. in particular mm, yeah i don't know those are the guys who touch the graphite core mm -hmm. uh the other everybody else is sort of like exposed to the right radiation and and some bad things happen to them but they yeah they go through the first responders and the first responders you know they get very sick then they have to their clothes are irradiated so it's just making them worse and then slowly they their skin starts turning black mm -hmm. and then translucent and then it starts peeling off. Uh, and necrotic tissue turns black. Yeah. And then they it, it's it everybody looks like if Two Face had that horrible Two Face on his entire body. Mm, that's not a that no that that's not a good one. <laughs> Don't like that one. Um But yeah, it's also the thing with radiation poisoning, God, I don't know. <sighs> Like when I try to imagine having radiation poisoning, it's almost like uh, I would, I I wouldn't I would want to like just nope out of that situation because like yeah. uh, the 
Because, like, also your organs are melting inside they of liquefy. you. They liquefy. They liquefy, yeah. They they do address that a little bit, too, There, where there's one man who knows what potentially happens yeah. to you, and he knows what it means to be there. Mm-hmm. And he's, he, he's, either, he's, like, trying to tell other people, like, don't fly over the core. Don't do this because you'll be dead in a week, and you will want to put a bullet in your own head before that time right, is up. Right, right. It's one of the most painful, awful potential yeah. deaths you could have. Ugh. That, so like when I think of like, because I don't know, there aren't that many super villains that scare me too much. Like their powers, like I'm the Riddler, I will kill you with riddles. <laughs> <laughs> um, or like you know, like what's the one of them? Like I'll ice you to death. Like that doesn't seem like yeah, a terrible ice you to way. death guy. Yeah, that doesn't seem <laughs> Mr. Ice. Freezing's um, actually pretty nice. I've heard. Yeah, like I feel like that would be a not bad way to go. But when I think of like the scariest supervillain, it'd be like like Radiation Man, yeah. who could like make you get radiation poisoning, and then you just know like once you get it, you're like, well, I'm going to die, and it's gonna be like you know like so like just imagine if you will the supervillain has like fist shaped like hypodermic needles. And if you get within his clutches, he'll stab you with his radioactivity toxin. Um, but it also comes with like a paralytic toxin and you can't move. So you're just totally helpless. And then you kind of, you're like, oh man, I want to scratch my nose because my nose is running. And you can't move. And then you realize that's not your nose running. It's your brain's liquefying out your nose. Oh, I hate this animal. This is animal, <laughs> isn't it? Yes. <sighs> that super villain's name is Zybalbanus Tumulensis. A name that strikes fear in the hearts of everyone. <laughs> hey, you try to pronounce okay. this name. <laughs> Why has it always got to be me? You try. <laughs> Where is it? It's oh, a- I see it. Okay. Uh, uh, it is I, Zybalbanus Tumulensis. No, I added too many ends. <laughs> Zybalbanus Tumulensis. Yes. <laughs> The dreaded little bobbinus. <laughs> so the zibobbinus tulminusness is a crustacean. Okay. We'll call him Dr. Dr. Melty. The I mean, crustacean. He, I, he spent, his power's great. His I power, want to say his right, power's great, right. but like he should have spent a little more time on his Dr. name. Dr. Melty. He's um, described by Smith, Smithsonian biologist Jill Yeager as uh, a creature with a Body elongate, slender, without eyes or pigment. Cephalatic shield, small. <laughs> Don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> well, it's a it's a cephalopod, so that makes sense. But uh, it ta- tapering slightly at anterior end. Trunk segments number increasing with age. Maximum number examined was thirty six segments and counting. Okay. Um, <laughs> I got a I got a picture of oh it yeah I want to see that it. you can see. Um. Yeah. Okay. It's it's a horrifying uh, jet white. Is it, can I? Am I allowed to use jet white, or is it just jet black? Is that the only thing that can be jet? I think you can. I've seen white it's jets. Like ghost white. Well, I've seen white jets, right? <laughs> it's a ghost white. Looks like centipede, yeah. but like a water centipede. It's like the dragon millipede, but it's white and it has no eyes. Yeah. And well, they're uh, <laughs> they are found in. Ankyline caves uh, on the Yucatan Peninsula in the Caribbean Sea. They're blind. They're only about an inch long, but their process of feeding makes them super, super not. I don't like them. No. 
Its front claws resemble hypodermic needles. Uh, they're attached to venom-filled reservoirs that can be pumped into their victims with special muscles. The venom contains a paralyzing toxin and digestive enzymes, rendering the victim helpless as its body liquefies. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that sounds awful. Yep. So it digests you outside of its body and then drinks you up? Yeah. <sighs> All right. With its horrible mandibles. There's I, there's a snail, I think, that does that. and It comes up to mollusks, like clams oh, and yeah. things like that, and it can drill a hole inside oh, the... Yeah. The hole of the clam, and then it just shoots some digestive fluid in there yeah. and treats the clamshell like its stomach. Yeah. And it's like, oh, time's up. Okay. And then slurps it all up. It's actually kind of a, that's a pretty common tactic of like, um, like starfish do it where they like throw up their, um, oh, their digestive yeah. juices on something and just waits for it to melt and then drinks it up. And, um, but to me, what makes this animal the worst is that it's, Hands are needles. <laughs> I just don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I have a thing with like clinic blood in a clinical setting. Yeah. Really unnerves me. Oh, it, interesting. It's a real phobia of mine. Uh, Did you know that's actually uh, one of the more common phobias among men? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm very basic at heart. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like out in I've I've encountered people who have compound fractures and things like that out in the wild, <laughs> and that's. Way less disturbing to Wait, me than you've, like bones sticking out of skin. You've yes, seen that bones sticking out of an ankle. Yeah, and you have what? And how and when? What? Oh, uh, we. So the high school that I went to was very outdoor oriented. Oh, okay, we do that all these outdoor all trips. And, yeah, I and, see. And then we'd also lead a few trips. And in doing so, like there was a man, a French teacher who broke his ankle and oh yeah, had a compound fracture. Have you seen that YouTube video of like I think they're like uh, either football or basketball student, like they're on a team and then they're like college students or something, and then like. One of them is doing some exercise and his ankle breaks through his skin and like this room full of like these burly like sports guys yes. like just run out screaming. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Dry heaving. Yeah. It's uh, that that's way less dis disturbing to me than seeing somebody put a scalpel to skin. And really? Cut. Yeah. I'm, the, I'm almost the exact opposite. Like for me, medical stuff. I mean, part of it is I had to look like for my old job, I had to look at a lot of medical images and stuff. But like. Um, for me, it's the, it's the out in the wild injuries that like make me feel woozy. Cause it's like, oh, that's so unsanitary. Whereas, well, it like, makes more logical sense. Yours right, makes right. way more sense. But like things, I mean, it depends. It also like super depends on the context. Like I can w see most surgeries, but if it's cosmetic surgery, I, that gets me like, like I can see so like open heart surgery, brain surgery, you know, Cause you yeah, the ends meet the means maybe and like. In yeah. A way in your mind. Well, like, like with it, and it's not that I disapprove of cosmetic surgery. I don't think like, oh, it's a bad thing, and that's why I don't like it. It's that, it's like with liposuction. If I see that, that makes me so squeamish because it's like they're sucking your fat out of you, and it's like, <laughs> I feel like that's supposed to be in there. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel. It just the idea of drawing blood it, with needles in general really freak me out, and. Uh, I have to look away even for shots at my age. Right. And when blood is drawn from me, I have to mentally prepare the entire right. day to go have that done because seeing that blood leave me, yeah, I'm like, this is maybe like me loving myself too much, but I'm like, <laughs> I see the blood leaving. I'm like, that's mine. Yeah. No, that's I know that. That's my blood. Yeah. I'm like, I'm actually okay with them pumping anything into me. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Like you give me a shot, you, you know, like a, or like an infusion during like say like wisdom teeth out you want the that nice uh sleepy yeah of course. juice like that's fine 
when it's taken out of me, like when it's like blood that you're robbing from my body, I'm like, pretty sure I need that. <laughs> pretty sure that's important to have inside of my body, not not out there. <laughs> I made it and it's mine. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's actually, it's called, um, if you ever feel faint, that's like called a vasovagal response uh, to uh, to blood being removed from you or seeing blood. Yeah. Um, and it's very, very common. Uh, I used to have it a lot more until I started having to get my blood drawn a lot more. And then it was like, I guess I just got used to it. Yeah, but, um, but like one thing you can do is like uh, if you clench your legs, like you clench your muscles and, or, and like cross your legs and like clench them, that's supposed to help a little bit. Really? Um, yeah. For some reason, it like I think it like helps with your with your heart rate and your something with your parasympathetic nervous system. Okay. I'm that's not good sure. to know. The next time I have to have blood drawn, I yeah. will do kegels. Yeah. Or just think of how much worse it could be with like getting getting injected by Dr. Melty. <laughs> <laughs> like. Like, at least your insides aren't liquefied. Like, that's the true. liquid that's coming out of you is supposed to be a liquid. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I can't. Yeah. So I guess maybe being bitten by something that just paralyzes you and then it consumes you while you're paralyzed. That I also think. happens. That I think we've covered that on the show before. Uh, there's a type of um, one of those... Uh, uh, parasitoid wasps that will uh, attack uh, spiders and they'll drag it down into their den and like keep the spider paralyzed um, but alive and then its young will slowly eat it over the course of the <laughs> and they eat the less uh, vital tissues first so that the spider survives longer. Actually, this might not be a parasitic wasp. It might just be a predatory wasp. But it's like they, they select the non-vital organs so that it survives longer so that they have fresh meat. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Nature is so brutal. And we're, we're, we're so lucky. We're so lucky that we're the only I species know. that every single one of us the day we die isn't while something's eating our insides <laughs> like everything else in the world dies yeah. while yeah. something is consuming it <laughs> yes it's uh we we really won that uh, lottery in terms of which animal we are <laughs> yeah oh man well thank you so much for joining me today soren this has been really fun um you got anything to plug yeah um my first episode of American Dad airs July 29th nice and uh, Dan O'Brien and I Dan O'Brien from Cracked uh, and now last week tonight he and I do a podcast called Quick Question with Soren and Daniel it's so great like I I I listen to that and like it's weird though because I remember you guys having and this isn't Dan still lived here like I remember you guys having conversation it was always so fun to listen to your conversations and now I'm like, I'm listening to you and I'm like, like, I'm like laughing and like looking around. It's like, oh, but they're, in, not here. they're in my ear holes. <laughs> <laughs> they're not here physically. And uh, Michael Schroer, who also was at Crack for a long oh, time, is right, on there yeah. as well. I, I won't say his nickname. He would be It's Bacon. It. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, where can people follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at Soren, S-O-R-E-N underscore L-T-D. And that's pretty much it now. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, I like a, a good, simple one yeah. uh, social. Uh, you can follow us uh, at Future Feet Pod on Twitter. It's feet, F-E-A-T, not feet, uh, like 100 feet that millipedes <laughs> have. <laughs> um, and then we have a website, futurefeaturepod.com. 
Um, Instagram exists too. I think that's also Creature Feature Pod. And you can follow me at Katie Golden on Twitter. And I'm also pretend to be a bird uh, at Pro Bird Rights. Or wait, no, is it the bird who pretend to be human? Which one? Of, who's the real Katie? I've had trouble this entire time figuring out which bird to address in the room. Because they're just <laughs> all over the place. We are, we are many, but we are one. <laughs> and thanks to the Space Cossacks for their awesome song, Exolumina. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> Redwood Forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.